0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 531 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fan with you here. It is December 5th, 2023, and man, it has been a Cold stove. You know how it's hot stove, supposed to be hot stove during the offseason. Winter meetings has been cold stove. There has been no significant signing at the winter meetings unless you want to count like Kirby Yates. There was a trade on night one, Jared Kelnick going to the Atlanta Braves, but other than that, hasn't been much. And it feels like it's a waiting game, waiting for the dominoes to fall. Shohei Otani, where is he going to sign? The biggest news out of the winter meetings so far has been Dave Roberts, the Dodgers manager, telling the media that, yeah, we met with Shohei Otani at Dodger Stadium. Meeting went well. He's his own man. We'll see what happens. That's like the biggest news. You know, Ken Rosenthal writing that article about the Blue Jays believing to have met with Shohei Otani on Monday at their Dunedin spring training facility. It's like, <laughs> that's that's what we got. You know, the winter meetings in San Diego last year, I think... I remember there were a lot of signings, 2019, I think it was, there was a ton of signings there, right? I think it was 2019. Maybe it was not, maybe it was like 2018 or I forget what the, not, not the winter meetings last year, but the winter meetings before that, it was the Rendon, Strasburg, no, no, no. yeah, Rendon, Strasburg, might've been Garrett Cole that off season as well. But a lot of moves happened, and it was like, this is amazing. This is great. You know, last winter meetings, Xander Bogarts signing with us, Trey Turner, Aaron Judge with the late-night meeting at Petco Park, and then he signs, right? Uh, You hear of that news. Like, I think it was early morning. I remember waking up and seeing that. Or maybe it was the news that he met with the Padres, and I remember seeing that doing a video on that. But, yeah. That has not been what this winter meetings has been. It feels like everyone's waiting for Shohei Ohtani, and it feels like he isn't ready to sign yet. He's still taking meetings. And so if he's not going to sign by the end of the winter meetings, we might be in for another long day tomorrow, a long night tonight. We'll see what happens tonight. Usually signings happen more, not the first full day, but the second and the third, the Tuesday, the Wednesday, Thursday, everyone gets out of town. But so hopefully some moves will start happening then. But right now, as I'm speaking here on this live show, not a whole lot's happened. You know, Kirby eight signed with the Texas Rangers. So the San Diego Rangers continue to build uh, former Padres being on that team. So, yeah, I mean, Mike Schultz spoke to the media today. AJ Preller also spoke, I guess, briefly in his little hotel, probably not little, but his hotel room, hotel suite, didn't say a whole lot, shocker. But Mike Schultz said some things, so I can play some audio there. And then I have some ideas on how the Major League Baseball winter meetings can be better. Like, how can Major League Baseball make these big events, their biggest event, how can they make the offseason in general, but how can make they make their biggest event more exciting? Uh, okay, we got a passing bomb here. Eric Fetty and the Chicago White Sox, in agreement on a two-year, $15 million contract. I think the reporting, it was either yesterday or earlier today, the reporting there was that he was close to signing with the team, but I think Mark Feinstein didn't know who that team was. It's either him or Joel Sherman. So, you know, Eric Fetty, okay, two-year deal. You know, nobody's going to get excited about that. I don't even think White Sox fans are going to get excited about that. Eric Fetty, okay. That's one of those where you see it, and then you move on. Kirby Yates, this isn't 2019. You know, you see that, and I think a lot of people move on as well. So let's get to the Mike Schilt audio here. I, I can discuss what happened with Shohei Otani and the Dodgers. Um, I don't want to play everything Mike Schilt says because not all of it is that super interesting to be honest nothing against Mike but some of it's like yeah we knew you're not gonna like say a whole lot on that topic but here's Mike Schilt talking about Ryan Flaherty's departure I'll start with that
1: wish Flash all the best you know love, love that guy to death and um you know good opportunity for him in Chicago so now looking to all the other roles that we know are open you know the third base coaching job bench coaching job um we have a lot of great people that have already on staff with our hitting hitting staff. So working through that. Um, so just peeling the onion back and talking to people and getting getting. Uh, we got a few other balls in the air right now in the organization. So working through a lot of things, but staffs right at the top of the list.
0: Few other balls in the organization right now. What is Mike Schilt referring to there? Uh, Juan Soto, probably. That's just my guess there. One of my guesses there. Sure, like it's the winter meetings, and you can figure out the coaching staff after you know this is the one time this offseason where everybody's going to be together so if there's more important things to be done right now yeah get those done i just thought that maybe the coaching staff would have been named before the winter meetings but the manager manager search did take some time and i'd rather them get the coaching hirings correct than mike schilt and the padres go rush to make hirings and those actually didn't end up being the right fits for the franchise when he was asked about Benji Gill he didn't really respond like he wasn't going to comment on it so you weren't going to get anything there he talked about how and I'm getting this from 97.3 the fans Twitter account so props to them Sammy Levitt doing great coverage there so uh, I know he's been on Ben and Woods every morning I think he's I think he goes on all their shows Um, Mike Schilt asked if he's a different manager now than he was in St. Louis he was asked if there's been a common thread among the players he's spoken with already about what can be approved upon next year. Here's his, maybe you'll find this interesting, here's his answer to that.
1: About the past, I think it's more about being aligned in the future and being proactive about what the group's you know, strong preferences are you know, individually and then what our group non-negotiables are. And by the way, that sounds like a really good thing to say. I got it from AJ Ellis, so I'm not <laughs> – by no means gonna like, come up with this one. I think it's great. We're using it. Um, but, yeah, just making sure that we're hearing everybody in an individual sense, create the relationships. Everybody understands that we're going to do this together and as a team, and everyone has their opinions, and that's valued. The great thing is we have a lot of players with, with high level of experiences, championship-caliber experiences. High-level playoff experiences, a lot of time in the game. Um, that being said, we don't want to minimize guys that are also coming up, that also have experiences to make sure their voice is being heard, and then we bring it all together and, and create a uh, identity of how the Padres are going to compete. So that's the process we're going through right now.
0: So there's that. He also talked about who he's going to be meeting with, who he has already met with. He's already met with. He's already met. Excuse me. With Manny Machado. He's already met with. Joe Musgrove, Luis Camposano. And he said that he's going to be going to be meeting with Crony on Monday in Chicago. Going to be sitting down at a restaurant, I think. Then he's going to meet with Juan Soto in Miami. Who knows if that meeting is going to take place because he could be on the New York Yankees or the Toronto Blue Jays or another team by then. The 17th, December 17th in Miami is what Schilt said. I guess he thought this was public. this, This was already public knowledge, so he just said it. So, all right, thanks for giving us that. Uh, After Soto, I believe he's going to go to the DR, meet with Fernando for a couple days, then go to Aruba, meet with Xander Bogarts. I think he's scheduled to meet with Grish and Matt Carpenter. Um, Now, Grish is another guy that he might not be meeting with because that signing might, or excuse me, that trade might already have gone down by that time. Uh, Mike Schilt was asked how he believes expectations should be set entering the upcoming season.
1: Expectations. So they run in a couple parallels, right? So you've got um, the expectation of yes. San Diego and, and you know, let's pause for a moment to the um, legacy of Peter Seidler who's created this um, wonderful vision for the city of San Diego. And you can create a vision, but he also supported the vision of what that can look like for us to win San Diego's first world championship and world series championship. And you look at that and that's, that is the goal. And there's going to be 29 other managers that sit up here and say similar things that are, that are looking towards that. Um, I don't
0: know about 29. The really
1: core of what that looks like remaining in place to make that happen. Um, I will say this, a trap that can happen perhaps did. I don't know. All I know is moving forward, how we'll think about things. if, we prepare every day. Jeff asked about the schedule. We play We play against ourselves on the schedule. We have a opponent we're going to respect. We get an opportunity every day to get better as the season goes, better as the game goes, series goes, season goes. And so if you create an expectation of, of just continual improvement and togetherness and playing the game right, you're going to get the best version of your club. And so one of the first things is that and then a tangible goal we do, we need to be able to compete better within our division. Now, clearly, wildcard teams have historically still won World Series. We get in the wild card; we'll take our shot at it. Um, but let's be a little more competitive consistently, which speaks to that body of work, day by day, brick by brick that we're discussing. Those are the expectations that lead to a bigger picture expectations. And I want to make sure we're staying present and not getting escaped and losing a, a vision that is out there without putting the day-to-day
0: brick-by-brick work together. All right, so, I mean, I like the answer. I mean, I don't know what else you want him to say there. So, yeah, I mean, Mike Schilt, like I've said, I think this was the right guy out of, you know, based on the circumstances, based on other managers already being with other teams, the relationship that Mike Schilt has with A.J. Preller, the previous relationship that they had before this hiring was made official, I liked it. I thought it was the right move. The guy has experience. He's won with the St. Louis Cardinals. The Cardinals were, have been, one of the more successful organizations in baseball history. Um, and he was there for a long time. So, and just coaching, not, you can just take the Cardinals out of it, but just coaching, experience in baseball. He knows what he's talking about. And he was there to see the failure of last year. And he was there, I want to say in 22, he was there for success as well. Um, he was in the dugout more involved last year and so hopefully those experiences can help him help the players get off to a better start and just be more consistent and if they hit a rough patch don't let that slide into what it end up what it ended up you know sliding into uh in 2023 obviously so there was Mike Show. AJ Preller I'm not going to play anything that he says because it's you know doesn't really matter too much it's for anyone that gets mad about what AJ Preller says oh it's just another time where AJ is saying a bunch without saying anything at all just talking in circles I get it as fans we want to know like the plan for this franchise we want to hear something from AJ but him telling us plans publicly him speaking about Shohei Otani not Otani, but him speaking about someone realistic, speaking out a real, about a realistic free agent, Someone him speaking about the Juan Soto trade. Like he said to the media yesterday that there wasn't a whole lot of progress. And I think he kind of said the same thing today when he was speaking briefly to the reporters that are there. If he would sit, like tell the plan and say, no, we're making progress, what does that do for AJ Preller? How does that help the Padres? by telling the media and telling the fans and telling other teams, therefore anything publicly, it doesn't do them any good. You know, same thing with Dave Roberts with the Shohei Ohtani thing. Like he can say, yeah, I want to be honest. And yeah, that's cool. But him saying, yeah, we met with Shohei Ohtani. Think it went well. Saying that does, you no good. Especially when you know a player doesn't want that to be out there, or at least the agent doesn't want it to be out there. But with the Padres and Soto, like, even if there was progress being made why would aj preller tell us why would he tell the media why would he tell the fans that there was progress being made that doesn't do anything of any good right doesn't that just wouldn't that just hurt his leverage any leverage that he had if he's asked um if he's had a lot of phone calls of course he's going to say yes because why wouldn't he of course he's going to say yes because he wants that to help him in Trey talks, right? So, you know, with the winter meetings, there's some things like facts that a GM says and that that makes it like noteworthy or an update on a player that's on the roster. We know he's not going to be moved and there's an actual update there. Okay, then you can take that as information. But anything that he says about potential moves, stuff like that, I'm not really putting much stock into because we know AJ Preller has lied before. He's not under oath. And he has no duty to tell us everything that's going on. As much as we want to hear everything that's going on, again, that doesn't really help him, you know. So I just wanted to address that. And I was—I'm not even going to play really what AJ Preller has said because I don't really think that there's a whole, there's there's much of a point in spending 20 minutes talking about what AJ Preller said. Um, Let's see if anyone in the chat here has anything to say. Kevin A.C. just released an article, so actually I'm going to go pull that up here and see if there's any noteworthy notes here. Um, I guess on infield alignment, Manny Machado at third base, Xander at short, Kim at second, Cronenworth at first, A.J. Preller told the media, I like the one we had. That's another thing. There's That's another instance. Why would he say, no, I didn't like that. No, Crony, he sucks at first. Go put him at second. No, I don't want Xander Bogart to short. He's not going to say that. So, again, like that's another one where really who cares what he's telling the media right now. Um, draft order, the Padres will pick 25th overall in next summer's amateur draft. The draft lottery was today. The Cleveland Guardians... Had a very small percentage shot, I think like two percent or less, even, of getting the number one overall pick, and they got it. Chris Antonetti was so excited to get the number one pick, and uh, I posted a the screen grab of that and some Guardians fans, not on Talking Fires, but on my personal account Ben Fadden SD on X or on Twitter, and some Guardians fans aren't happy about that uh, because you know you don't really want to see your your present baseball operations getting so excited about getting the number one pick. You want to see your present baseball operations, go make these big moves to help your big league club right now, you know, and fans and rightfully. So I think some fans aren't going to care too much about getting the number one pick or, you know, these draft prospects because it's so far away. You know, nothing about these guys. It's not like it's college where you watch these guys on Saturdays and then there's the NFL draft and they're playing for the NFL team, you know, that next year or NBA sometimes, right? Same thing like that. like That's just not how it is. Um, so there's, I can see how that can piss off some fan bases. Their record ranked 15th out of 30 uh, major league baseball teams, but they got pushed back because they surpassed the second luxury tax uh, threshold, I believe, in 2023. Uh, World Baseball Classic bid. Padres are vying to have Petco Park host the World Baseball Classic in 2026. Contingent for Major League Baseball was in San Diego on Tuesday to tour the ballpark and see a presentation by the team. Petco Park hosted second-round games in the 2017 WBC and the championship round in 2006. Um, It was out there on social media. There was a, a picture of the Jumbotron. It said WBC 2026. So that's probably what was going on there. I don't really know why they would have to tour the ballpark and the Padres would have to make this big presentation to host the WBC because it's already been there in 2017. Petco Park is ranked as like the best ballpark in baseball. The weather, we know the weather's usually good in what, February or it was late February, right? Late February, March, when the WBC happens. So, I mean... Yeah, it's a viable WBC host. Now, I just wonder, I feel like they're going to get it. I just wonder, is it going to be the championship? Because they don't host all of the games. They would host, well, I guess Miami did, technically. You host either a round or you host the second round. There was a bunch of different spots in the WBC. There was Miami, there was Arizona, there was Japan, and then I'm blanking on the other one, but there was another side as well for these groups. So. We'll see. I would be really surprised if Petco Park isn't named as one of the host sites. And that would be cool. You know, it was really cool having the WBC here, obviously, in 2017. Um, that was pretty much it from Kevin AC's piece there. And yeah, it's it's again, it's pretty darn quiet here at the winter meetings. So I'll go to the chat here. Uh, this is to be the most overhyped winter meeting so far of recent memory. I think it was hyped because the potential of Shohei Ohtani, the talks going in about uh, Juan Soto, and maybe he gets traded. But the Padres, they're waiting for Shohei Ohtani to go. I mean, at least when I'm hearing AJ Preller talk. And again, we shouldn't put too much stock into it. But when he's asked about it, it does seem like he's pretty set on, yeah, it feels like other teams are waiting for Shohei Ohtani to go. So we're not going to get too deep into talks until Shohei ends up deciding. And Shohei has the right. He definitely has the right to wait as long as he wants. There's no deadline. He can sign whenever he wants, but it is hurting the sport of Major League Baseball. I mean, midweek, sure, NFL is king in America, and there's, you know, NBA and there's other sports to talk about college football playoff and the rankings that just came out, or not just the rankings, but the college football playoff was decided by that committee. Um, and that got a ton of, uh, a ton of time on ESPN and big platforms talking about if Florida state should have made it or Alabama should have made it. I, I, it just sucks for Florida state. I mean, I've said this, like you go undefeated, you're in a power five conference, you beat LSU, you couldn't control that. Your quarterback got hurt and it just sucks. I mean, it's just the wrong year for Florida state to go undefeated. It was the wrong year to have their quarterback out because if it was next year, they would be in and there wouldn't be this controversy. But anyways, the Padres show, Major League Baseball, San Diego Sports show. Um, but there's stuff like that that is getting a lot of play. But if the winter meetings, there was like a deadline, maybe not free agency, but there was like a trade deadline, like you couldn't make any more trades after the end of the winter meetings, let's say, I think that would create more action. and We see a lot more rumors about, oh, these te- this team is interested. This team's willing to give up this. There'd be a whole lot more interest if there was a trade deadline and the deadline was Thursday when the winter meetings ended, when everyone goes out of town after the rule five draft, right? Or before the rule five draft, there's a deadline Wednesday night, tomorrow night at 9 PM Tennessee time or whatever, right? You think Juan Soto would be dealt? There'd be a ton of conversation. We would be on the edge of our seats to see if Juan Soto gets dealt. And right now, are we on the edge of our seats to see if, Juan Soto gets dealt? I'm not. I mean, I'm interested in it. Padre fans are interested in it. Yankees fans are interested in it. If there's any tidbit that drops, yeah, we're going to be reacting to it and probably overreacting to it. But I'm not sitting on the edge of my seat for it. I'm not expecting Soto to get dealt at the winter meetings. Unless Otani signs tonight and then we could really get things going, it just doesn't seem like that's going to happen. But if there was a deadline, I'm not saying free agency. Like, I understand... Um, the market does need time, and obviously that wouldn't happen because the Players Association wouldn't like that. Um, teams, if there was a trade deadline for the winter meetings, they probably wouldn't like that either. Maybe some teams would, but you wouldn't get you know full agreement on that because they talk about leverage and, oh, it takes time to talk with teams. We would be getting screwed. We wouldn't be getting as good of a deal as we could have gotten. Like There would be problems there. If there was a free agent deadline, we know Scott Boris would be so pissed off because he rules everything. It just wouldn't happen. But I would love to have some sort of deadline. Or, and this wouldn't happen either, but I saw Jared Krabis tweet this, have like, you know, once a, once every day there's a spin the wheel and whatever team it drops on, they have like 24 hours to make a deal. Make a signing, make a trade. Obviously, teams wouldn't agree to that either because they'd be forced into making something that they didn't want to do, um, and the players might have the advantage there. But just to create something. Now, there's past winter meetings, like I was talking about, like the winter meetings in San Diego. They should have it there every year. I know I'm biased because I'm here, but they should have it there every year. It feels like a bunch of stuff happens at the winter meetings. And I know we're still early technically, right? There's still all of tonight there's still all of tomorrow on wednesday before people start heading out thursday morning or maybe even wednesday night there's probably stuff going on and conversations going on that we don't that hasn't been reported that we don't know about shohei could sign tonight could sign tomorrow and then stuff really starts to get going but um it feels like in san diego there's you know past years there's been a lot more action this year really has been nothing what's the biggest thing that has happened at the winter meetings this year what Dave Roberts said about Shohei Ohtani, I mean, that's really what it's been. I'm going to hit on that. Is that the is that it? You know, like, when I say, is that it? Is that it for the Dodgers? Dave Roberts tells the media that, yeah, they met with Shohei Ohtani. And he paused, by the way. I think there's audio of this on social media. Let me look this up. Because this was actually kind of funny. Dave Roberts paused for like five seconds when answering a question about Otani, and he was like, you know what, F it. I'm just going to say Shohei. Yeah, we talked with Shohei. Thought it went well. I'm going to be honest. Here it is. Fuzzy posted it. Well, it was from Baseball Isn't Boring, but Fuzzy. I saw Fuzzy post the video. Okay. Here's the audio of Dave Roberts. You'll hear the pause before he, he, he spills the beans that the Dodgers met with Shohei Otani.
1: Um, it's a good possibility. I, I think that... Um, um, yeah, we met with him. <laughs> I, I don't want to... I'd like to be honest. And so uh, we, we we met with Shohei, and uh, we talked, and um, I think it went well. I think it went well. But at the end of the day, uh, he's his own man, and he's going to do what's best uh, for himself, uh, where he feels most comfortable.
0: All right, so... <laughs> There was a bit there was some ums there, and he was like, Should I say this? Should I not? I think I know that he doesn't want this out there, but he's like, F it. I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. I wanna be honest. It's like what does that do for you, other than maybe hurt you? I don't think it should hurt you. Like, show if I was Shohei Otani, dude, you're Shohei Otani. Someone's gonna find out about meetings. You know, is it that big of a deal that the manager of a team says that they met with you, everybody. And this is the thing about major League baseball and part of the problem. Do we need like all this personal information out there? No, I'm not. You know, there was the track flights with the blue Jays. I'm not even saying we have to do that, but why, why can't we publicize these meetings? You want it to be private. Okay. I guess you've earned that right. And yeah, you can have privacy, but if you want to grow the game of baseball, you want to create a tension in the biggest week of the offseason in of major league baseball i'm sorry having storylines every day about the biggest player and who he's meeting with that would be big that would create a tension instead of us all just guessing on who he's meeting with are the cubs out are they not are the giants out are they in have they met with shohei ohtani have the angels met with shohei ohtani what's going on instead we hear about a leak with the blue jays we have you know Ross atkins and the blue jays trying to hide it as much as possible And we found out about that. I think Dave Roberts is like, you know what? If we're good enough, if he wants to be here, he'll be here. And it's not going to make that big of a deal. But it would be a shame. It would be a shame if they were told, the Dodgers were told, yeah, shut up. Shut up. Keep your mouth closed. And then Dave Roberts there opens his mouth and Shohei's like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Giants now. Or, I mean, I don't want that, but. Or he goes, I'm going to go with the Blue Jays. At least they tried to keep everything. They didn't leak it. They tried to keep everything super private. The private jets, they went to come meet me at the Dunedin facilities during the winter meetings. That's how committed they are with me. And, you know, not really commenting. Chicago Cubs kind of taking that route as well. And then the Dodgers GM, Brandon Gomes. I know Andrew Friedman is the guy that everyone knows. Their president of baseball operations, I think. But Brandon Gomes, the GM, Andrew Friedman did not talk, but it was Brandon Gomes. He was like, I- I've got no idea. I'm not quoting him, but essentially, I have no idea if uh, what Dave said today is going to impact our chances. But I'm, uh, I assume he's probably not too happy about what happened there today. I mean, again, like, I wish that we knew everything. But, you know, Major League Baseball, and the players have this right, and if they want to make it all private and all that, okay. But more attention would be put on the game of baseball. More attention would be put on the winter meetings. You know, I think the winter meetings, we all think of it as this big event because the media plays it up so much, and sometimes big moves do happen. But when this happens here, and the draft lottery is happening, and, there's not a whole lot of interest there because it's not like it's the NFL draft or the NBA draft lottery, right? Those guys are years away and we don't even know the players. There's a lot of fans that don't even know who could be the top pick, where in other sports, you know who could be the top pick in these other drafts, right? Because we're talking about high schoolers sometimes. But there's just some things where, yeah, baseball can hurt itself. And Shohei Otani, he's the face of baseball. He doesn't have to you know, be this huge personality And make everything known to be the face of baseball. I understand that. But I think it would help the game. I sure think it would help the game if he did. And us guessing about Shohei and us guessing when's a Soto trade going to happen. You know, if, if we learned more about this stuff and more people were open, it would be much more fun, I would say. And I think it would bring more attention to the game. And more attention is what we want for baseball, right? At least that's what I think that a lot of people would want is to have more attention on the game that we all love. Um, But I do understand, like, GMs, I'm not expecting them to say a ton. But for, like, the biggest star in baseball to want everything to be private, I think that sucks a little bit. And we've got reporters guessing and trying to get leaked, trying to have people leak stuff. And then people... Some people might get pissed off that Dave Roberts decides to open his mouth. Again, I hope that this is not that big of a deal and Shohei just signs wherever he wants to sign. I mean, actually, I hope it's a big deal because I don't want him signing with the Dodgers. But at the same time, I hope it's not a big deal. I hope that he just signs wherever he thinks it's best, signs where he's going to be happiest. But it's going to be a long-term deal. The next decade plus, he's going to be with this team. You're going to say no, no to the Dodgers, even if you wanted to be there just because Dave Roberts told the truth and said that, yeah, we met with them. when we all know, everybody knows that the Dodgers at some point were going to meet with Shohei Otani. And they probably already met with him before Dave Roberts opened his mouth. You know, so make the right decision for you, Shohei. Every other free agent, make the right decision for you. You might want it to be private. The last, his first free agency in Major League Baseball, he wanted that to be private and all secret. They were set up at the CAA building and they had, I don't know if anyone saw this in the athletic, but there was a piece on it where they had, and the Padres were involved. So this comes back to the Padres. The Padres were involved in it and one team would enter one entrance. They'd go sit in a waiting room. Shohei Otani would be in another room and his representatives, someone would bring that team that was in the waiting room in to meet with Shohei Otani for a couple hours, make their presentation. Then they'd be escorted out of the room, leave, not from the entrance they came in, but leave from a different leave out of a different door. And then another team would come in from that entrance that the other team came in from originally, go sit in a waiting room, then come in, talk with Shohei. Like, they didn't want anyone to know, even though later that night they all went to dinner together, so everyone knew who was in. But they wanted it to be so secret. I just think it would help the game of baseball if it was more, you know, attempting to be public, like not caring if it got out. Just make the right decision for you. Isn't this like a a business? Isn't this entertainment? I want to be entertained during these winter meetings, you know? Fernando Tatis Jr. Lover says this offseason has been frustrating. Like, why hasn't anything happened? Because we're waiting for Shohei. Teams are waiting for Shohei. And then the Soto Domino will probably fall. And then other position players might fall. Pitching-wise, waiting for Yamamoto, I think a lot of teams are. The Dodgers, well, they're waiting for Otani and Yamamoto, probably. Yankees waiting for Yamamoto and it's just, it's stalling things. It's just, yeah, it sucks. But, you know, these guys, they don't care if it stalls things. They care about what's best for them. And I totally understand that. But yeah, it sucks sitting here waiting for the winter meetings and for stuff to happen. And not a whole lot is happening. Um, Fernando Tati Jr. Lover says, I think we should sign Yamamoto. Well, the problem there is he costs over 200 million dollars, and the Padres are not in a spot to do that. Sure, you'd love to have Yamamoto as a talent on your pitching staff, but they're just not in a spot to do that. Um, let's see. Quentin says we should get Lee, Jung-Hoo Lee. That's a, that's maybe a domino that falls after Soto gets dealt because you wouldn't want to acquire and Grisham as well. You wouldn't want to acquire Lee and then you have Grisham and Soto still on your roster. They don't get dealt. And then the payroll goes over $200 million, which is what the Padres are aiming for it to be around, right? So, you know, the Soto thing is another domino that we're waiting to fall. But... The Padres are waiting for the Otani domino to fall because whoever misses out on Otani on might go to the Padres and give them a really good offer. The only offer that we know of is the Yankees. We don't know if there's an offer from the Blue Jays or another team on the table. Maybe those offers aren't coming until Otani signs somewhere. And then those teams know that they're not in on Otani, so yeah, let's go get a big bet. Gil says belly over Soto well I mean come on I disagree with that Bellinger's better defensively he can play first he can play outfield I understand that but Soto is one of the best hitters on the planet and Bellinger had a really good year this past year I mean it wasn't it wasn't his 2019 MVP season but it was still a really good bounce back season I think he won comeback player of the year in the National League but I'm not giving that guy 200 million dollars. I'm not giving that guy 150, maybe even some teams will. I'm not going to take that risk on Cody Bellinger when he has a good year in 2019. What about the three years after that good year in 2023? What about the years in between you can blame injury because of course, Scott Boris is going to do that because he's his agent. I'm not taking that risk. Might as well go with wait for Jacob Marcy, sign a one-year center fielder or bring in Jung-Hoo Lee. I know that you're going to have to wait for that guy to develop and you or you might have to wait. I don't know if you will have to wait. He might be really good in 2024. But I'm not giving that much money, that many years to Cody Bellinger. What is he going to get, seven years from a team? I'm not doing that for Cody Bellinger. Devin says, I released a video on this, by the way, about Gary Sanchez. Devin says, I would love to bring back Gary, the issue I have with that is what deal is he going to demand? Yeah, that's a question. Kevin Acey reported yesterday that the Padres, Gary Sanchez, they're talking, could be like $6, 8000000 million per year, which I was surprised by that number. Fan graphs had him worth over $13 million this past year. I think over $10 million the year before with the Twins, and that wasn't even that good of a year. So, yeah, that seems like that would be a good deal for the Padres. But is another team willing to pay him starting catcher money? And do the Padres want to pay $8 million per year to the backup catcher? I think that would be a very valuable backup catcher, though, because Campy could get hurt, and then you're screwed. If I mean, screwed might be heavy, but you wouldn't be in the best spot with Brett Sullivan as your starting catcher every day, right? At the big league level, you probably want Gary Sanchez over Brett Sullivan. So, yeah, I'm going to be very interested to see what Gary Sanchez's market is going to be, how that's going to work out, how aggressive are the Padres going to be. Is that something that could get done in the next couple of days? Or is that something that's going to get done once a Soto deal is made? Once they see if they acquire a catcher or not in a deal, maybe they wait till Martin Maldonado signs because that's the cheaper option. And then they go get Gary. If they can't go get Martin Maldonado, we'll see. There's Mitch Garver out there on an Austin Hedges reunion. I'm joking, but I think he's a free agent. So that's very interesting. We'll see. I mean, he was good offensively for the Padres. He got hurt, which obviously sucked to see there at the end. It seemed like he liked it here. The campy-Gary combination. Yes, I would love to see that back in 2024. Yeah, I agree, Devin. I disagree with Bellinger over Soto. Yeah, it's, it's Soto over Bellinger. I get the versatility, but there's other guys you could go to that are versatile or you won't have to go seven years with or give. I think MLB trade rumors had Bellinger getting like double digit years, which I think is crazy. Although Carlos Correa was going to sign that with the Giants before the trainer said, no, 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 not doing that. Let me check if there's anything from any New York writers on the Soto front today. It's pretty quiet. I mean, Brian Cashman, I believe he talked to the media today about what a potential trade, potential trade, like how they're going to approach that, those potential trades. And he pretty much said, let me pull up the exact quote here. Like there's very few untouchables based on the year that we had. After the year we had, there'd be very few untouchables is what he said here, which is good to the Padres, but the very few untouchables so far include guys that the Padres need in the deal. Like Drew Thorpe, like Michael King. So Jason Dominguez, Spencer Jones, I think those would be included in the untouchables. Very few. What's a few? Is that like three? Right. A couple is two. few. Is that three? Very few untouchables. So who are those untouchables right now? It's not very few. It's, more than very few. It's it's more like few. It's the it's the untouchables that matter to the Padres. And so that's what's stalling up a deal here. The Padres, I know they're asking for probably too much in terms of quantity as well. But in the Yankees' eyes, they're asking for too much in terms of quality. And they're not even asking for Jason Amiguez. They're not even asking for Spencer Jones or Anthony Volpe. They're not even asking for Everson Pereira or Oswaldo Cabrera, which I'm a little surprised by. Those names haven't even come up. Um, let's see. Iris says, I just think they're trying to keep it hush-hush from the media now because they're sick of the media. Okay, but doesn't the media, like, help draw fans to what's happening in the sport and the entertainment aspect of it? I mean, Buster only just, he just put out an article here. Shoei Otani's top secret free agency is silly. A missed opportunity for him and the sport. I agree. I get it's his per- personal preference to keep this as private as he can, and he doesn't like being in the spotlight. Even though he has a, you know, he has commercials. That New Balance commercial. My gosh, I saw that thing thousands of times in the postseason. I think, and in the regular season, that thing would not stay away from my screen. Um, but yeah, I guess he doesn't want to be the center of attention. But dude, you're Shohei Otani. You know, it just comes with it. Andy Martino says, lots of no comment and wouldn't say from Yankees people today on if Juan Soto trade talks have resumed. If they haven't yet, they will. So if there's no comment, wouldn't say again, like them saying something, how does that help them? Like either side, them saying more than what has been out there, how does that help? like them saying yeah it's resumed doesn't that have the padres be like all right yankees they're desperate talks have resumed you know and if the padres say something like yeah we we want we're trying to move soto then they lose leverage there so you know teams teams don't care with the media like the the entertainment that comes with it they they're just trying to win and get the best deal for them so if that involves them saying no comment on stuff then that's what they're gonna do. They don't care. Uh Charlie says, I really hope Otani doesn't sign with the Dodgers, and everyone will speculate. Uh Dave Roberts the reason will speculate that Dave Roberts was the reason why Otani didn't sign with the Dodgers. It would be such a crazy troll job. Yeah, but again, like I, I don't really see, I think this has been overplayed. Sure, does Shohei Otani want this thing to be private? And Nezbolelo's giving out marching orders to teams. It will be held against you. Yes. But what if the team is the Dodgers? Otani wants to go to the Dodgers. They make the postseason all the time. They win the NL West all the time. He gets to stay on on the West Coast, Southern California. They have room for him. They saved up all these resources. They'll let him do whatever he wants. Let him talk to the media once a month or whatever he does once every time he starts. And he answers a couple questions. And he can do whatever he wants. If the Dodgers will allow him to do that. Why should he care that, oh, the Dodgers, Dave Roberts was honest with the media and said that we met? You're going to change your decision based on what someone's, someone being honest, like we met. You know, I wouldn't do that. If I'm going to be somewhere for a decade, I'm going to pick the place I want to be. And I don't want to, you know, make up a hypothetical and say, well, actually I will. It was between San Diego and L.A. Yes, I'm biased to San Diego, but it was between San Diego and L.A. and the company I wanted to work for in San Diego leaked. Let's say I was some superstar, right? And the the company in San Diego leaked that I met with them, and it went well, right? They leaked that to reporters. It got out, whatever. And L.A. was keeping their mouths quiet, no comment. It was between San Diego and L.A. I wouldn't go to L.A. for the next decade if I didn't want to be there. I'd be in San Diego for the next decade if I wanted to be there. And yeah, I want to be in San Diego, you know? So hopefully that's what Shohei Ohtani, if he wants to be in Toronto, which I think would be pretty cool. One, it wouldn't be in the NL West. It wouldn't be in the National League. Like that's cool in itself. But the Toronto thing, like Toronto is a big market. And Shohei Ohtani, he'll still get attention in Major League Baseball. I don't really care if national people don't like it. Who cares what they think? You know, baseball fans. I think him playing for the Blue Jays would be pretty cool. Um, The national baseball fan probably wants the Dodgers or the Cubs, someone like that, or even the Giants. But I'd be fine with the Blue Jays. I mean, as a Padres fan, I'd be really fine with the Blue Jays. Um, Wherever Otani wants to go, go. Same thing with other players. Go where you want to go. I know a lot of it's about the money and because it's life-changing money. But with Shohei, he's going to get money wherever he goes. So it's about the money, but it's also not, because the money's going to be there. Ari asks, how do you think a GM is going to trade a player if he thinks or says something to the media? Negative about the player, it's going to mess up any deals in the future. It's really just common sense. Yeah. And same thing when, you know, I go back to my preller point about not putting too much stock into what he says. When he says, like, yeah, Soto hitting 2-3 in the lineup that's really attractive to us. Of course he's going to say that. What? He's going to say that, no, we don't want Juan Soto on our baseball team? He's not going to say that. All right. anything else here in the chat? I'll get back to the chat, but I did want to get into some other San Diego sports stuff here. And there's actually some stuff to talk about. Really, mainly San Diego State updates. So, I want to start off with San Diego State, before I get to some of the hirings that San Diego State has made, San Diego State is going to be paying Brady Hoke $3.5 million after negotiating a severance deal. Brady Hoke, like the news came out, right, that he retired. That was what was put out there. Brady Hoke retiring. So it seemed like, oh, San Diego State, maybe they're not going to have to pay Brady Hoke the $5 million buyout. We knew that they weren't going to have to because the wording there is he retired. But it was retire or you're being fired. And I think San Diego State was like, come on, Brady. Or Brady was to San Diego State. I'll give you, hey, let's make a compromise here. You're going to have to give me money because you are firing me. Like, what, Brady Hoke wants to retire? He's been working in football his whole life. He wants to just retire? He wants to end being 4-8? and I don't think a competitor would want to do that. But he's like, all right, middle ground, give me $3.5 million and I will retire I think he also has to advise San Diego State whatever requested. He can go work somewhere else, but I think that but then San Diego State wouldn't have to pay him $3.5 million. They'd have to pay whatever, like you subtract whatever salary he is making from San Diego State's $3.5 million that they owe. So they're giving him $1.3 million less than what was initially dictated by the terms of his contract. Right. So they're not going to have to give him the full buyout which is good for San Diego State. And the money that they saved was almost all of Sean Lewis's, I think, salary for his first year as the head coach of San Diego State. So there's that. And Sean Lewis is already making hirings, coach hirings. He He's brought some Kent State coaches with him. Some Kent State colleagues, connections there. Matt Johnson he has brought in, Bill O'Boyle. Ryan Lindley, I believe, is staying in a different capacity. Zach Barton, Demetrius Sumler. I believe Sumler is staying. I think he was already with San Diego State. Uh, But here is from Kirk Kenny. This was yesterday. According to sources, Lewis has hired three coaches who are members of his Kent State staff. Offensive line coach Bill O'Boyle, who was with Colorado, I believe. Quarterbacks coach Matt Johnson and special teams coordinator Zach Barton. O'Boyle, yes, followed Lewis from Kent State to Colorado for the 2023 season. Will also hold the title of running game coordinator. Barton will be San Diego State's associate head coach. So there are some moves there. And then the biggest move that he has made so far in terms of coaching is bringing in Darian Hagan as the running backs coach. He was the running back coach with Colorado, From 2006 to 2010, and then again, 2016 to 2022, he was in a different spot with Colorado under Deion Sanders. He was not on the coaching, like on the field with Deion Sanders, I don't believe, but he was still with Colorado. But Sean Lewis is now taking him with San Diego State, and he is going to be a coach on the field as running backs coach. Darren Hagan, he's 53, quarterback Colorado to the 1990 National Championship. Then had a five-year professional career, joined Colorado's coaching staff, spent the past two decades with the Buffaloes, two stints, Deion Sanders took over, Hagan was moved to an off-field ambassador's role, focused on community engagement, because he's a big name in Colorado, that's not what this guy wanted to do, I assume, sure, does he like connecting with the community and all that, I'm sure he did, but he wants to be a coach, and He actually thought about, I was reading in this article here, he thought about being a running back, but then the Colorado quarterback ended up passing away. He ended up having cancer, six months to live, passed away, and the coach there told Hagan to go be the quarterback again, and they ended up going all the way to the championship game. So it was a, a good story there. Obviously, you don't want the death, but Got him to the championship game, 1990, with the championship, and so he's obviously been a big favorite there at Colorado. Long um, coaching, birth or not birth, long coaching uh, tenures there with Colorado, separated from each other there, a couple coaching stints, and now he gets to come to San Diego State. He knows what he's talking about, and, and as a player, played with Colorado all-time leading rusher Eric Bieniemy, who obviously. Or an NFL fan, you know who that is. Coached Philip Lindsay and Rodney Stewart, the program's second and third leading rushers during his time in Boulder. So I'm not going to act like I know a ton about these guys that are being added to Sean Lewis's coaching staff, but familiarity is something that I'm seeing as a common theme here. And the guys that are important to San Diego State are staying, or they're at least being reassigned to a different role. At San Diego State, they're not, not just being fired. Um, so we'll see. And then obviously the quarterback is a big thing here with San Diego State. The big connection that was being made, obviously right when Sean Lewis was hired by San Diego State, was the quarterback that decommitted from Colorado, who was this hyped quarterback, class of 2024 quarterback Danny O'Neill. Committed to Colorado, decommitted shortly before Sean Lewis. The news came out that he had been hired as the San Diego State head coach, and he is going to be making an official visit to San Diego State this weekend. Sean Lewis already, I believe, has offered Danny O'Neill a scholarship. That happened like the day, the day of, maybe day after he was hired as the San Diego State head coach. I think the same day that he had that press conference. So these things move quick. The transfer portal opened on Monday, so we'll see what happens there. Sean Lewis has been described on blank. I forget who um said this, but like he can recruit anyone. He can he can recruit you, your mom, your brother. Someone said something to that effect. I'm paraphrasing. Very good recruiter. And so it seems like they're hitting the ground running here. And we'll see if Danny O'Neill ends up being the, the quarterback of San Diego State. Maybe he isn't the quarterback as a freshman. Maybe he's the quarterback after a year or two, to develop more under Sean Lewis if he ends up coming to San Diego State. But yeah, some interesting things, and there's already more excitement around the program. And that's what San Diego State, part of why they made this hire. You needed more excitement, and hopefully that will lead to some results. This next season, San Diego State also has reduced their season ticket prices by 20%. They're trying to get more fans to cover that east side of the stadium. That's like the television side because the cameras are on the west side. You see the stands, and it looked pretty darn empty this year for a 4-8 team, obviously. I mean, it should, it should be. I mean, with the ticket prices and the team's play, it should have been. I don't blame Aztecs fans for not wanting to pack the place for a bad team. So hopefully, with the prices going down a little bit for season ticket holders, there will be a season ticket in- increase, and there'll be more interest. But I think some Aztecs fans are in still wait-and-see mode. Like, they're not just going to go spend hundreds of dollars on tickets before they know who the quarterback's going to be, what this team's really going to be. Because there's a lot of things to do in San Diego. They can watch the game from home. They can go to Padres games. They can go to Wave games. They can still do that going to San Diego State games as well. But I think it's wait and see for some people as well. So that is the latest with San Diego State football. Um, Let's get to the chat here. Let's see if there's any more comments, any more questions. Um, I don't think there was anything else I wanted to get to here. Again, it's pretty darn quiet here. Winter meetings. Irie, again, CJ Crone. Yes, I know you love CJ Crone. I'd be okay with that. It is a righty bat, though. I think the Padres probably want to get some more lefties in there in that lineup, especially if Grish gets traded and Soto. That's two lefties right there. Desmond says, Ben, who are your top starting pitching targets for the Padres? Realistically, um, so, I mean, you're taking out Yamamoto. You're taking out Snell. You're taking out Jordan Montgomery. Probably, realistically, guys on, like, one-year deals. Someone like Jack Flaherty, who has experience under Mike Schilt, work with Ruben Niebla, see what can happen there. I'd like to bring back Seth Lugo, but I feel like that's going to get pricey. The Red Sox have interest there and they could go make that move for Seth Lugo before the Padres end up trading Juan Soto to open up room. Which again, like that's part of this, you know. Teams might who aren't in on Soto, aren't in on Otani, they're going to go they might just go make moves here and then the Padres don't have as good of starting pitching options or maybe starting pitching guys that they wanted, those guys might be gone because well the Padres had to wait to try to get the best return. Um Obviously, Michael King is a target, someone that I would want. Clark Schmidt, not as good as Michael King, but someone that I would want as well. Drew Thorpe eventually, but those are not free agent targets. But via trade, yeah. Alec Manoa from the Blue Jays is someone I would want if they're trading Juan Soto to the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, Let's see. I mean, I wanted Nick Martinez to come back, obviously, but he goes to the Cincinnati Reds. Just looking at some other starting pitching targets here. I, I, I mean, I really like Sonny Gray, but I knew that was going to be out of the, the price range. Marcus Strowman probably out of the price range for the Padres as well. Uh, Spot track, waiting for it to load here. Just looking at some other names. Eduardo Rodriguez, probably out of the Padres price tag. Lucas Giolito probably would get a multi-year deal from someone, right? I don't know if the Potters would take a chance on him, but someone like a Michael Lorenzen I'd throw out there Jack Flaherty you know Eric Lowers out there um you know Dallas Keiko was with Minnesota there for a little bit. But yeah, I know a lot of these names for the pod for Padres fans would not intrigue you very much. Noah Sindergaard. Eric Fetty just signed. It's guys that would be like, like prove it guys, really. Is what I'm seeing. I mean, Alex Wood, someone like that. There's Manaya out there. There's Clevenger, but I don't see those reunions happening. I see Manaya just going back to the Giants, if you know, because he can play with. Bomell there. Um, It's going to be interesting. You know, Corey Kluber's out there. James Paxton's out there. Johnny Cueto's out there. Frankie Montas. It feels like it's Tyler Malley. It's a lot of, like, one-year guys. Not super appealing. I feel like the trade way is probably the way to go here guys that you want to slot in right behind Musgrove, Darvish, like Corbin Burns, Shane Bieber, Tyler Glass now, maybe a controllable Miami starter, someone like that. And like Brandon Woodruff's out there, but you want someone that's going to help your team in 2024. Yep, Aztecs do play tonight, Desmond. You're right, 6 o'clock, Grand Canyon. Some interesting road games that they have on their schedule. I mean, where you win, where what really does that do to you? If you lose, then it's a it goes down as a bad loss. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough environment, I would think. Another one where San Diego State's going to have to survive on the road. Grand Canyon has, I think there was someone that ranked Grand Canyon ahead of San Diego State's the show as, like, fan section, student section. I mean. That's that's pretty bold. So, it's going to be tough for San Diego State tonight. I'll probably have a reaction to that. Our Fernando Tatis Jr. Lover says, When do the meetings end? Thursday after the Rule 5 draft, I guess. But I would think there's, there's not really anything that happens Thursday morning. It's really teams heading out. So, really Wednesday night is when hopefully some more moves will be happening here. Tonight, Wednesday night. We'll see, though. If Otani doesn't sign that, I'm not going to sit here and guarantee a ton of moves happening. It feels like a lot of teams are in a waiting pattern here. And some other players might be waiting as well to see what Otani gets. And then if that guy goes or waiting for Yamamoto to go, and they're in that tier below that, and they're waiting for other teams to miss out on those guys, and then they maybe have a stronger market. Or maybe teams aren't expressing much interest in those guys right now, so they don't want to sign. They know they'll have more interest, though, later down the line. So it seems like a lot of things, there's a connection here. We're waiting. And we'll have to see how much longer we're going to have to be waiting. SeatGeek Code, talking for hours, $20 off your order. Underdog Fantasy, 100% deposit match up to $100. There's pickems. there's drafts. Go check them out. Click that link in the description. Breaking Tea and FOCO, some great Padres holiday gift ideas there. Shirts, sweatshirts for Breaking Tea, Padres, Aztec, San Diego Wave. And FOCO has some Padres collectibles and bobbleheads that you can check out there. Um, and again, SeatGeek, Talking Friars is the code. I want to help you out there. There's obviously college events, NBA, concerts, NHL, NFL going on. So please use that to your advantage. Um, yeah that's gonna do it here talking for our episode 531 uh, my luck as soon as I end this someone will sign or a big rumor will happen but for now Cold stove,